This week on Movie Time Machine, the monstrous spirit of a slain child murderer seeks revenge by invading the dreams of teenagers whose parents were responsible for his untimely death. This is A Nightmare on Elm Street. Welcome to the Movie Time Machine Monster Closet, your retro horror movie review podcast where we take nightmares from the past and relive them in the present. This week's movie, A Nightmare on Elm Street, released in the year 1984, written and directed by Wes Craven. I'm your Time Machine host, Chad, and I want to introduce you to my Monster Closet co-host, Mr. Scaredy Pants himself, Jamie. Hey, Chad. How are you? <laughs> Good. <laughs> Good. I just came up with that one uh, a few days ago. I thought you might like that. You know, I I think it's actually pretty fair. I've become a bit of a horror snowflake these <laughs> days. I think we've talked about it in in previous episodes. I, I don't know why. Things just scare me more than they ever did in the past. I don't know if that's the state of the world or just as a father, I have more at stake, more to worry about. I don't know. Right, or maybe yeah. the movies are getting scarier. You, get, you movies... get older and the world gets smaller. Ooh, right. <laughs> yeah, that's actually very true. I mean, it's that's a nice thing to put on a T-shirt, but I think I think there actually is something to that. I think those are wise words. Yes. I didn't come up with that, but I'm sure I've heard somebody else say that. <laughs> so for um, this week's or this episode's Monster Closet, we decided to do A Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, why don't you kind of tell me what kind of you just were just talking to me before we started recording that you're kind of you haven't done like a full series watch um, of this. You've seen this before and you've gone back to it. Um, why don't you kind of tell us why you started going down this? What led you down this path to revisit this series? Good question. So as to why I wanted to do a series rewatch, I would say, first of all, actually, what kind of pointed me in that direction was one of the YouTube channels I follow. He ranked um the Friday, the 13th franchise, the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise, and the Halloween franchise films against each other and built like a collaborative collective list of his favorite films from all of those franchises. And I thought that was kind of a fun idea. So I'm not trying to rip it off, but it was more, it occurred to me that, you know, those are kind of the three big 80s slasher franchises. And I haven't seen all of the films from any of those. So I, you know, kind of wanted to put that feather in my horror fan cap and just to say that I'd seen them all. And I wanted to start with Nightmare because I Freddy's and that franchise has been my favorite. out of. The, well, I won't say that. I really do like the original Halloween. I think that is the best mm-hmm. movie out of those three franchises. But there were more importantly, they were all available on HBO Max. Well, all of them except for Dream Warriors. But, really? Uh-huh. I thought, oh, man, that's a bummer. I know. It's the best one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're holding out on us. I know. So I that was kind of my motivation. I mean, how many of the Nightmare on Elm Street films have you seen, Chad? I think I've, only, well, I've seen, like, the first three. Then, um, I don't... 
maybe well and then like i saw like the crossover like the freddy versus jason of course um then the other ones i don't know if i've seen them or not or maybe seen like bits and pieces but the first three for sure i've seen you know through like at least a few times so uh, mostly back in the day probably a few years after they were released or first kind of aired on you or uh, not youtube <laughs> hbo and cinemax um but yeah uh I think I told this story before kind of when we did our Dream Warriors podcast is that um, I think Freddy was kind of my favorite out of all those. And it's probably because of that damn glove, you know, like <laughs> I don't know how, how cool, much cooler you can get than uh, old glove with like finger blades, which <laughs> the practicality of all of that Freddy stuff doesn't really make much sense, but it works perfect. I feel like in the 80s horror movie. But yeah. yeah, it was kind of that's what I've seen though. It's pretty much those. Like I tried watching the. I know we talked about should we do like a, a nightmare versus um, the remake. Uh-huh. And I tr- I tried watching that one. I got about five ten minutes deep into this. I'm just like I'll pass on this one. So. <laughs> okay, I'm glad <laughs> you brought. No, I'm glad you brought it up, and because yeah, we did talk about doing a versus episode. And I remembered liking it more, and I I had the exact same reaction as you. With the difference being, I finished the movie again. I've probably seen that. That's probably the third time I've watched it. But tell okay. me why you stopped or turned it off. Was there a specific mm. scene or just? No, it's just the overall aesthetic of it. Um, it's I don't know. I just no interest, and in, it just kind of like you had like. If I'm remembering this correctly, is like you kind of have like your stereotypical like characters, like you have like the jock dude, then you have like the um, the hot girl, right? Then you got like the kind of the um, the outcast, you know? Mm-hmm. It was like like the alternative kid. Of course, he always has to wear like a fucking beanie or something, you know? Like it was so like like early two thousands, like aughts, right? Mid aughts when that came out. I don't know. It just looked. It, it kind of looked like a like if you made kind of like a bad horror film today, like on your phone, it just the way it started was really cheesy with like the black and white photos. And all. I don't know, just didn't have any grit to it. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know? I couldn't I couldn't have said it better. I, I agree with you 100 percent. And I think that it's a great example of um like that 2010s trend where they were trying to you know, reboot original horror movies. Like there, there was a period of time where that's what they did rather than make new great horror movies that came a little bit later, like 2015, yeah. they actually started to put out some really good movies. But yeah, I agree with you a hundred percent. Like I, I actively hated this movie, which I don't say about a lot of movies, particularly horror films, but man, everything you outlined with just a complete lack of, inspiration or creativity like they they could have that's the best thing about this like you're playing in dreams they could have invented a different dream or a different kill and you can do whatever you want because it's a dream but they couldn't even compel themselves to go that far so yeah i agree it's just a yeah wet fart (laughs) of a terrible movie (laughs) that's a a gross way to describe it but yeah i would i would agree with you there so let's let's go back to the original though. So this is you watched this before, and you kind of decided to go on this path to rewatch this series. So tell me what it's like to go back and revisit this film as like a big horror fan that you are. 
Yeah, and it's I think as I've said before, it's never been one of my favorite movies. Um I just I kind of prefer The Shining if I want to really sit and think about a horror movie or get really scared or if I really want to scare myself, I'll watch The Exorcist. Um you know, if I want just like a fun mindless horror movie, I'll pick Alien or Cabin in the Woods something like that, but I think this is you yeah, know, before I'm... you go too deep into that, like, um, I think the movies that you've all listed there, like, is there, again, I'm asking you because I'm not as familiar with, like, the horror genre and deep into it as you are, like, knowledge about it as you are. So, like, those all kind of what you listed all seem to be, like, different lanes of the genre, I would kind of say, like. I would say watching like a nightmare movie is in kind of a like a subcategory versus like The Shining, you know, like do you kind of break it down that way? Or like do you have like kind of different subgenres of it where like I can't directly compare like a Nightmare on Elm Street with The Shining, even totally. though, the, you know, like, you know, it's kind of like these different kind of levels of horror. Like one is just like a straight up like kind of like monster flick like Freddy is um, versus the shining is this kind of you know like you don't the, the terror isn't as obvious i guess versus a, a burnt man with like a claw hand <laughs> right you know um or like alien too like just like that different setting so yeah that's a really important distinction and i'm glad you mentioned it because um i think more than any other genre horror does kind of allocate these films into subgenres. so you know, The Exorcist is demons in possession. Alien is obviously sci-fi horror. And then I don't know where you'd put The Shining. I personally, I think it's kind of a one of one. But you could, you know, you could say ghost story. You could say psychological mm -hmm. horror. And yeah. yeah, I think to your point, this, um, you know, falls within the slasher genre. Obviously, Nightmare does. And so it's peers. You're right. It's peers are more Halloween, more Friday the 13th, more prom night and less the exorcist and the shining but um i think you know if i'm gonna go slasher i as a kid of the 90s i always go scream that's mm. uh my favorite slasher franchise i know you still haven't seen scream i've, I've tried actually lately and i i stopped <laughs> no way you picked it yeah. up and put it back down i picked it up and put it back down the original the original scream yeah. Oh man, you're gonna have to tell me more because that's one of my favorite movies. Like yeah. horror, bar none. Scream is one of my favorite movies. So why that's, didn't well, it grab you? It just seemed kind of. It seemed like like too like campy, like too cheesy, like it. Um. So it almost seemed like a parody. Versus, and I didn't actually. I didn't watch the parody of Scream. <laughs> Just to make that clear <laughs> by accident, but like um, the movie itself seemed like a parody. But again, it's one of those movies that I think I will actually just take time to sit down and watch sometime mm -hmm. um, just because it is so popular, especially in the genre. So, but yeah, I, you know, I'll go back to it. Maybe yeah, I'll cool. do what I did the, the Great Gatsby, you know, like I had my opinion on it. I did the same thing and I went through and I watched the entire thing and still don't like it. So we'll see. <laughs> still happens. don't like it. <laughs> well, I, I would say, you know, <laughs> I, Scream kind of is a parody. You know, it is a horror comedy. So I think maybe knowing that going in might help yeah. your second view. Maybe not. 
but it's yeah that one's peers are kind of like cabin in the woods and Wes craven's new nightmare which i haven't seen but i am told that it's similar like freddy kind of enters the real world and not like the real world of nancy and glenn like the real world of you and i and Wes yeah. craven and um yeah. see i think i've seen that one because that one did that one come out like the late aughts maybe i think it was late 90s. 90s uh yeah new nightmare was 94 okay never mind then <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah but um no i b- back to your original question i think they're different and i i do love slashers but they've never been my go-to number one genre but i think that nightmare is different because i there is that extra layer of Wes craven's writing and kind of how he approaches dreams and the fact that there's this creature who only exists in your dreams and you know what what are you gonna do you're gonna not sleep no you have to sleep so he's a lot harder to escape than jason you know don't go to camp crystal lake then right. <laughs> michael myers don't live in haddonfield and be named laurie strode so <laughs> yeah i think the the dream thing is brilliant i mean that's and again i don't understand like why the series like this is something that you could just like kind of do forever i feel like is you could still like there's i feel like there's millions of different like dream ideas that you can come up with to for like a slasher fic and flick and keep on like trying to like reinvent not necessarily reinvent but kind of like keep on bringing this character back right yeah and then the only job you'd have to do as a writer would be to explain why he has to kill people who are not on elm street you know but that's a lot easier to do than coming up with the new yeah idea he has to do it say like in quotes alive (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know like or something like that i just i don't know or maybe like the DNA of the children are somehow related to like the families that originally killed them. There we go. <laughs> or something, you know, like, um, yeah, that would can make be... it really dark to where everyone that has the same DNA to finally get rid of Freddy, they all have to stop their bloodline. <laughs> or intermarry, <laughs> just keep it in. Or intermarry. Oh, no. <laughs> But still, like, right? You're like, oh god, that's a, that's an awful thought. Mm. But um, yeah. it is it a horror on, movie. <laughs> depends on where you live, right? Um, then you, yeah, then that gets into like Deliverance territory, right? Or like uh, Texas oh, yeah. Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, De- Deliverance <laughs> in Buckingham Palace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, why don't we get into like your your thoughts, like going back to this movie, like how it holds up today, and. And just kind of what your kind of re- present day review and thoughts on this film are going back and watching it. Yeah, so I think I I probably revisit this. This is like an every three or four year kind of watch for me. I, it's, I, I love the movie, but I've never felt compelled to buy it or seek it out. So it's it's like when it pops up um, on HBO Max or, you know, Netflix or whatever. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll watch A Nightmare on Elm Street. And Every time I'm I'm still and it happened this time too. I'm surprised by how much I really enjoy it. I I think that like I said it it was never one of my favorites, so I I don't think, you know, that's why I never bought it, but every time I watch it, I'm always blown away by I I still think most of the scares are pretty effective. I Robert 
England is really creepy. And um, yeah, I, the story is just so well told that it it still works for me on almost every level. Um, what about you? What did you think watching it this time? Because you've seen it before, as you said. Yeah, and I was kind of, it's one of those movies who as you're watching it, it's you're kind of smiling and like chuckling at it while at the same time you're kind of like why is that why is that right there what just happened why is that kind of creepy like for example i just again it's been a while since i've seen this but there is like one scene where maybe it's getting kind of towards the end where it's kind of following nancy through like the house maybe and you see like freddie's like hand kind of like resting on something then it kind of like skitters away like a spider (laughs) You know, because it's like it's kind of at the forefront of the screen, like mm-hmm. bottom corner. And it kind of skitters away. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird, freaky, right? Because it's kind of like the spider thing, but it's like his claw. But it's like not really scary, but just with this, like the motion and the action of it, along with like the music. I was like, oh, it's I don't know, just kind of simple, weird stuff like that it kind of makes you chuckle. But somehow it's still a little creepy. Yeah, um, it's, you know, I mean, Again, it's like one of those movies like the the practical effects are kind of like kind of cheesy a little bit looking back on it today. But it's I don't know. I I was really curious how I was going to react to it going back and watching it. And it's one of those things like once I just turned it on, you know, I was in for the ride kind of thing, you know. Cool. Um, there's like that constant curiosity of like, oh, what's going to happen next <laughs> or um I was kind of interested too. I, I love how I don't know if it was intentional or not, but the uh, actress that played Nancy's mom, uh-huh. um, I couldn't tell if she was just like overacting or if she was really playing that drunk mom well. <laughs> just she just always had like these kind of like weird, kind of super like um, dramatic like head nod as she was talking to everyone. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, she's just like an overreact kind of like a theater actor or she is like well she isn't but um or maybe she was i don't know but it seems like she's kind of had like a string of kind of movies like kind of in this genre but um yeah just kind of little things like that that caught me like it was along for the ride i think some of the stuff was um like the dreams i again i think that's pretty brilliant but i was also surprised that um this is johnny depp's first movie yeah, and, and like watching introducing it, Johnny Depp. Yeah, and because I was looking, I was like, "Man, that, that kid looks awful like like Johnny Depp," <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah. And I, I had actually had to look it up. I was like, maybe it's like a lookalike, but no. So that was kind of funny, but uh, you know, he wasn't appropriating any cultures at least back then, unless he's appropriating like cut off t shirt jocks. But um... <laughs> that's that's what I like. He was appropriating a jock. I liked how he was like. uh projecting as jock but he's like a beanpole you know right <laughs> but, he's, right. but he's going for football player <laughs> right right maybe kicker you know? yeah yeah there right. we go <laughs> he's got a good leg <laughs> he's got a good leg yeah <laughs> or maybe he's like one of those you know he's like a chippy like uh uh slot receiver you know like an edelman but even edelman's right. rip so <laughs> i know yeah he's yeah he's lower to the ground more jack yeah, oh yeah, yeah it's funny well, that's funny. Too. Uh, speaking of just kind of weird call outs too in this as I was watching this and uh, there's like kind of like that scene in the beginning where it's like Johnny Depp and Nancy and our first kill of the film, I believe, uh, is 
Tina. Correct. And he's doing like the the he's like trying to punk his mom with like recordings of sound effects on his boombox or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't think that's uh, historical accurate. I don't think you could quickly fast forward and play those effects on that on that boombox like this. No, 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 no. But I just want to say that that's a good shout out to uh, boomboxes in the eighties with that scene. <laughs> yeah, I, I I love little um, details like that, like older technology or just how you would, um, you know, it's it's like changing your status to away on uh you know skype or whatever but you're actually really there it's like how yeah. the lengths you had to go to actually appear somewhere yeah. else in the 80s i love little details like that yeah yeah i think it might be a good segue just to kind of talk about the the characters in the film so um, yes do you have any well only start kind of like the star of the show the character of fred krueger um Again, like you said, not one of your favorites, but just kind of just kind of your thoughts, just like on on the slasher bad guy. So I think um, his path is obviously he starts scary, and then by season or season three, by that's <laughs> uh, the state of movies and TV these days. By um, film three, by Dream Warriors, he kind of starts to shift into the more uh, fozzy Bear Freddy, if you will. You, you know? <laughs> the, the Joker. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Welcome to primetime, bitch. Right. Waka, waka, waka. You know? I wonder he... if that's like a combination of like... Because that 3 came on, I think, like, what, 87? So you kind of have like the, the launching two of like the Arnold Schwarzenegger movies where you kind of get like these one-liners like... Is, That's right. That was right? the same year as so, Predator, I think. Right. <laughs> You're right. right. I feel like this. You get a lot of this in like '80s action. At least my memory of like any kind of '80s like action film, horror film. So yeah, you get you get a lot of like the. I don't know. I can't remember any of them off the top of my head, but it wasn't Dream Warriors. But I think one of them. It's like you got the body and I got the brain. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think actually, I think it was Dream Warriors. But um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I don't I don't dislike that version of Freddy either. You know, I think he's kind of fun. But I think if I had to pick, I would prefer um, Scary Freddy. Like, I, I do think he's the most effective in this movie, in the original. Is this the most perverted Freddy? Oh, man. Um, <laughs> that's tough. It's that's a good question, because I think there's actual the uh, the remake that must not be named is a little per actually it's a lot of perverse like that whole plot is him molesting kids like it's really dark oh so they kind of went with like what kind of like the original script was supposed to be i think i think so yeah. yeah and i think in the original they kind of dance around it but he does do the you know like the tongue on the phone like i'm your boyfriend nancy yeah <laughs> that kind of stuff um yeah yeah, well, and I mean, he is like literally coming into her bed and attacking her. So I do think that that's kind of in there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But uh, if we ever do um, Nightmare on Elm Street 2, I think that kind of hits on those themes a lot more because he's like literally trying to invade this kid's body and take him over. So I think that's a little bit more complex. But no, he's he's definitely pretty perverted in the original. 
So let's go to, I guess, our other kind of main character in the film. So Nancy. Any thoughts on Nancy Thompson? Nancy Thompson, a.k.a. Heather Langenkamp. So I, I got to be honest, her um, performance used to annoy the hell out of me. I just thought, <laughs> you know, it's got to be one of her first roles, if not her first role. And it shows. But the more I rewatch the movie, uh, it, I do kind of find it charming in a way because it does come off a lot more high school. You know, like, like what I, a high school like kid in that like it seemed if she actually is saying you're trying to say just kind of really playing into that role, like, yeah. Well, I yeah. just yeah, I I believe she's a high school girl going through yeah. this stuff. Yeah. So I think yeah, in that way, it actually kind of worked a lot more for me um, upon repeat viewings. It's probably some of those things too that kind of makes sense too, like as an adult versus like when I watched it, like when I was 10, you know, but yeah, <laughs> or in between, but yeah, no agreed. And, and I think that, um, actually it is pretty clear that Johnny Depp is a, a good actor right out of the jump. At least I, I thought so watching him in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, a little less clear with, uh, Heather Langenkamp, but like I said, I, she, she just grew on me. So, I, I mean, at this point I think I've come full circle and I really, kind of appreciate what she does with the story um i don't know what do you think yeah i really appreciate her home aloneing the house to yeah. uh, capture freddie <laughs> i think that was probably like um up there with my favorite few moments of the film before there was kevin McAllister. before there was nancy nancy thompson <laughs> i like how their idea was to like keep her like locked up yeah keep it locked up in her house yeah, <laughs> put just, bars on our window <laughs> like, i know just yeah i'm just gonna and, <laughs> shut up my crazy daughter in her room and lock it like so like did they get like an inside lock too with like a key is that why she couldn't get out like <laughs> these are all really seems, good questions yeah man like child protection would be all over that shit today like right <laughs> and her dad's a cop <laughs> yeah right yeah i thought that was pretty funny too i completely forgot about all of the home alone setting up the the different they're not pranks but traps that's the better word setting right, up the traps to yeah get freddy so what's the so what happened i think what happens is like he comes in and she like well i thought this was funny too she grabs like a coffee pot <laughs> yeah a coffee pot full of water <laughs> sitting in the room right is like i guess why well, i guess right she's trying to stay awake but it's full of water she smashes that on his head and he like takes the hit like it was a brick right yeah then she runs out shuts the door then it's like a sledgehammer <laughs> a sledgehammer like a top it's almost like an acme like device from like a looney tunes cartoon is is attached to the top of the door so when he opens it, it like smacks him in the stomach um but she took that one like a champ right i feel like the the coffee pot was like uh was like say attack power 20 and the <laughs> sledgehammer was like attack power 10 <laughs> yeah freddie had resistance to sledgehammer but here yeah 
Here's yeah, maybe why. yeah, it'll weakness the water. Or he, he's a burn victim, so the hot coffee is gonna, you know, that's gonna be a lot more triggering to Mister Kruger. Oh, I see. Yep, I see that. I see that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a great point. Great point. Mm-hmm. So weakness the coffee. That's why the coffee is like a plus ten. <laughs> it's super effective. Yeah. <laughs> then at what? Um, then isn't it like he gets then he comes out of the door gets hit with the hammer then he like falls over the railing yeah yeah <laughs> then yeah. he rolls rolls towards the front door like right to her legs <laughs> 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 then she's screaming for her dad and like they're like his other cop buddies are basically like um just keep that crazy bitch in the house <laughs> right <laughs> that was like she's yeah. crazy <laughs> She's hey, crazy. Keep her Chief, in the house. Your uh, daughter's a little, uh, a little <laughs> wacky over there. Oh, oh, that's funny. Well, yeah, and that's even more. Uh, and this is why I can't think too hard about it because it just gets a little damning. But they know, you know they know all about Freddie. Granted, they don't know that he can find the kids in their dreams. But you know, mom's got the glove in the boiler downstairs, so they're not completely unaware of this guy. So the fact that their daughter is so insistent, I, I don't know. I guess as a parent, I I would heed my child's psychosis if if <laughs> yeah. I killed their old. That's not that's not weird either. Yeah, your mom killed this guy and kept his glove in your <laughs> furnace. Right. <laughs> Which they must not use the furnace very often, so. Exactly. Living in like they live. Is it Ohio? I think so. Or yeah, somewhere in the Midwest. Yeah. But yeah, that's another thing too. I I forgot about the glove in the in the furnace scene. For some reason, I remembered that being a dream sequence. You know, the Mm. they have the glove, but it's like nope, they actually have his glove in the yeah. I don't know. (laughs) But transitioning to. Um, the dream sequences and kind of why what what still scares me about this movie so um I, I think a lot of it is super creepy like when he's uh when he's going after tina uh the dream sequence where she dies and his arms extend in the alleyway i i saw an interview and wes craven was super pissed because i guess the arms didn't work like they weren't supposed to do that that effect was actually the arms being broken but I that always freaked me out when you know his arms grow to like three sizes too long and he's yeah, just yeah. scraping them across the alleyway. That always freaked me out. It was one of those Jaws moments where the broken shark actually helped a movie, in my opinion. Um, but the scariest scene for me is I think it's when Nancy's asleep in class and she sees Tina um, in the body bag. And just get dragged down the hall. I don't know why I find that so unsettling, but that that scared me more than anything Freddie did personally in the film. Just to see that bag like get dragged by a shapeless form down the hallway with a trail of blood, and then where's your hall pass, Nancy? Yeah, yeah, the (laughs) just scary looking girl with the sweater that you know is Freddie. Yeah, well, I think because to me, that is the most most like a dream, the way that Mm. 
you know, when you're in a dream, the rooms kind of blend into one another. You're yeah. in your house, but not really. You're actually on a mountain, but not right. really. You're actually at work. Yeah. So that sense in your of, underwear in your underwear. Yeah. So it's just like this sense of place and environment is completely twisted. Like when she goes from the school into the boiler room, it just it's it's all out of sorts. So I think hmm. that's really effective. Yeah. Since we're talking favorite scenes, I think the one you just described is pretty awesome. I like the the one though, like Freddie, yeah, with his arms reached out and like the the screeching of the claws, you know, whatever and. Um, thought that was pretty cool but for some reason i know you didn't like this scene very much because it kind of breaks every all the rules that had came before it but just the ending of it you know of um it's almost like a kind of twilight zone-esque um kind of got you moment but as they're getting in the car and they're leaving like everything is just fine and they hop into the convertible and like the top comes up and it's like the stripes you know like pretty sweater and like the windows rolled up you know and like it gets smoky and they drive away and then um then you see nancy's mom standing there at the doorway and you know after she professes to nancy that she's going to be done drinking now and like the arm comes out and like drags her through like the small window hole you know and like um i like that it's kind of terrifying in a way but i it does it breaks everything that you know came before that but Right. And I, I do think to your point, as, as far as a pure scare goes, I think it is effective because you can tell too, the scene is not quite right. Like there's a different lighting or tone. You're better with these technical terms than I am. So yeah, it's kind of, it's like, it's fuzzy though. Like it still is a dream, right? Like, yeah, we don't, we don't get a break from that. Like we get like the, right. It kind of goes from where like Freddie's burning. He like jumps on the bed where like her mom is right mm-hmm. and then they throw the blanket over and they kind of put the fire out then she's just like a roasted corpse yeah <laughs> and she gets sunk pulls, goes into the bed you know and then like she leaves and goes out the front door right am i remember this correctly and she yeah. kind of walks into this like almost like a pleasantville-esque you know like white picket fences you know perfect neighborhood yard thing and like everything's fine like um, yeah so it just kind of gives that dream sequence thing you know almost you know as if you know as if it hasn't ended yet right like yeah and i think what happened there so there's um there's a documentary called uh never sleep again the nightmare on elm street legacies or some Mm. such title and it's like a three hour long documentary about the franchise and i can't remember if it's in this film or just a separate interview but um that ending with nancy's mom getting pulled through the door was i think kind of studio influence like uh craven wanted to end it after um you know she gets freddie and he offs her mom and like roll credits but they mm. tacked on that final scare scene, which is, I think, why it does feel out of place. And, gotcha. you, that you makes know, sense. <laughs> like like you said, breaking the rules like, well, if he's pulling Nancy's mom through the door, then she's the one who's dreaming because Freddie only kills the dreamer um, until we get to dream warriors and they share dreams. But we're not there yet. So <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I think that was added on uh, 
not after the fact, obviously Craven directed it, but it was not necessarily the way he would have ended the movie. Right. Right. So it kind of shows like, you know, the studios have a big influence on these things too. So that's interesting to kind of learn that post. All right. Uh, let's just go over box office really quick. Jamie, it was on a budget of 1.1 million and it raked in 57 million. So I'd say not a bad investment there. Not big at film. all. And it yeah. released November 9th, 1984. So a great family movie for Thanksgiving and Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Freddy's carving the turkey. Yeah. <laughs> right. The roast beast. Exactly. Um, yeah. A no, modern this is... day Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> no, they, they call this, um, they call the nightmare on Elm street saga, the house that new line built or new line is the house that Freddie built. There it is. New line cinema is the house that Freddie built. All right. Just uh, how it was reviewed. Uh, I'm just going through that rotten tomato score as a 94% critic and an 84% audience score. It was very high. Um, IMDb average is 7.5, which I think is pretty good for a movie of this type. And Metacritic is 76, so pretty good reviews overall, especially with an 84% audience score, something more modern, like from a Rotten Tomatoes, I think is still pretty high. So this film is still revered, is even though it has its flaws and as campy and cheesy it is. So I guess um, that kind of covers a lot of things we talked about, right? So it's I think this is kind of shows that this movie is held up quite well even some things haven't aged the best like the you know the sex pervy shit in it but i don't think it kind of hold it's not very um you know it's not like the basis of everything occurs in the film so that's i think overall it still holds up quite well even though it's still pretty campy and cheesy so what are your thoughts on that no i would agree yeah people love freddie it's um there's a really interesting documentary for anyone who has shutter watch horror noir and it's a bunch of black filmmakers like jordan peele kind of talking about um african-american representation in horror and he has something really interesting about how he would identify with more, more of the killers and the slashers than the victims um mm. it, so that he he talked about being a huge freddy krueger fan uh for that reason and I just just go watch it because I don't want to, you know, misquote him or anything. But yeah. I, I found that to be very, very fascinating. All that to say that, yeah, people love Freddy Krueger. Awesome. I have to check that out. All right. Uh, we're going to cut it off here. Um, join us for our next Monster Claws episode where we're going to cover uh, the next film in this series. Part two, Freddy's Revenge. Um, and we'll dive more into just kind of general discussions of Freddy. Um, things in that movie and just kind of other themes that we'll kind of see throughout the series. So thank you for listening. Um, just want to thank you for downloading this episode as well of Movie Time Machine Monster Closet. Remember, new episodes of Movie Time Machine drop on Fridays. And please send your questions, comments, and any feedback on this episode to moviemachinepod at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at moviemachinepod uh, to get updates when new episodes are hidden your favorite podcasting services. I'm your podcast host, Chad, my co-host, Jamie. Thank you again for listening. We'll catch you next time. Goodbye. Sleep tight. Sleep tight.